It's Mario Murray and Mississippi State football talk here in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to our doghouse friends and neighbors. And thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. Mississippi State has started this season. And let's get some quick impressions from uh, All American, three time All Southeast Conference linebacker and former Bulldog, Mario Hagan. Mario, what did you think of Mississippi State's opening win against Memphis? Anytime you can get a win, that's what that's nothing but thing but great thing. Uh, seeing what the what the guy did, uh, obviously impressed with what Real, Will Rogers had to offer, uh, going for over uh, 450 yards, uh, five touchdowns, uh, defense giving up about 23 points to be exact. Uh, anytime you can get that done from both sides of the football, uh, you have no choice to you Mike Leach but to be happy. You know, Mario, when you were playing uh, 99 to 2002, if a quarterback at State had thrown for 450 yards at five touchdowns, it would have been the epic performance of all time. But nowadays, and not just the air raid, but college football in general has just gone so on the offensive, you almost don't even blink anymore when you pile up stats like that. But um, still, it has to be appreciated. I guess instead of statistics, I would look more at the efficiency. You compare the scores to the interceptions, the turnovers, and the first downs way more than you look at total yardage. Yeah, well, uh, I, I agree. When you look at what Will Rogers was able to do, uh, the one interception, uh, you could blame it on him, a, a low throw. You could blame it on a tip. You can blame it on the receiver and route. But the efficiency, as you mentioned, uh, guys, at one point, I think at one point, he was like 20 for 23. Uh, and when you when you connect them balls, you connect them downfield, you connect them short, you connected them. He made all type of throws in the first half. I think uh, when you got a quarterback playing that hot and doing that in the first game, you can only uh, expect more from him leading into the second game and up to the rest of the season. Now, that's a great point when you say first game, because how often have we seen Mississippi State, no matter who they're playing, come out in an opening game and uh, struggle a little bit, maybe look inefficient like they weren't entirely translating training camp into action or struggle flat out, but uh, not this time. And, and Did you ever in your career have a weather delay of two hours? I can't quite think of uh, two hours. I, I do recall against Troy State, uh, maybe 2001, well, we uh, oh, had gosh, a, yes. a, a little bit of a delay. We had like a, what we, we would think in Mississippi at that time, a tsunami come through. And so uh, other than that, David, that, I think that's the only delay I think I've ever been a part of in, in, in football, period. Yeah, I remember that one well. I was in the uh, sideline shooting that game, and I found refuge in the recruiting center where we were watching other games on TV. And just the puddles on the field that time, and State managed to come out there and finish off the game. It was an, it was an ugly day, but uh, yeah. But this one, two hours, and really not that much rain, but that's just the protections they take for fans these days. I know people were frustrated watching the ESPN broadcast because the network told the camera people, just set your camera on hold and get out of there. And they were given tiny field views and everyone's getting angry. I want to watch the game, but yeah, for state to uh, jump out there and pick up where they left off without blinking. That's a pretty good compliment. You want to compliment the coaching, sure, but I think that's more on the players, staying focused, uh, not losing track, and just being able to go out there and keep playing football. Well, it, it's definitely a compliment to the players, but you got to look at who the opponent was. 
guys were still bitter. There were uh, holdovers from the team from last year. Uh, the controversial call, the controversial loss uh, that were uh, that Mississippi State uh, had to go through last year. And so this game was a huge game, not only because of that loss, but the region, recruiting, things like that. It means a lot to the players. Some of these guys were probably recruited by Memphis. And so uh, the focus from a team now, you would think veteran leadership, some veteran leadership at least, uh, I think it was a great job. Uh, I thought I thought Mike Leach had a great game plan, which is always attack, 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 and don't stop attacking. And so that's what that's what you get when you prepare the way the Bulldogs were prepared on Saturday. You get a team focused, you get a team hungry, and you get a team performing. You know, one of the statistics got overlooked, but uh, only twice has Mississippi State really dominated a game in time of possession. And by no coincidence at all, they won both of them. Kentucky last year, and that was a 10-win Kentucky team they beat. And, of course, now the Memphis game. So I think part of that was they ran the ball more. And, of course, Memphis presented the opportunities because they went to a three-man line, dropped eight. And whereas the drop eight has confused State in the past, they have an answer for it, and it's called give the ball to Dylan Johnson and Jacobius Marks and not necessarily handoffs, but those short passes are running plays in all but name. So they did that. And basically, Mario, what I would say, and I want your take on this, State dominated a team that it should dominate to open the season, and that has not always been the case. Well, they should have dominated Memphis. Uh, you're right. It hadn't always been the case, but once again – uh, and Mike Leach, I told you, a guy that I didn't necessarily believe in, who's starting to make me a believer with this Bulldog team, they were prepared. They understood what they were, what the assignment was. You look at, uh, again, we talk about the offense a lot, but look at the defense, how they ran to the football, how Coach Arnett was able to switch it up, put a little pressure on Memphis, drop back in zone, confuse them a little bit. And you just don't do that when your team isn't being coached properly. And that's what I see. I saw minimal mistake. It was, there wasn't a lot of um, false start, a lot of flags offensively or defensively. And when you can do that and you consistently stop people and put points on the board, you got the makings of what? I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm hopeful. <laughs> but you got the makings of what could be a really good team and a controversial team and a stacked SEC West. Absolutely. And we'll be talking about that. We'll move on to the next game. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the National Football League, National Basketball Association, hockey, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Yes, golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join up today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, capital B-L-E-A-V, 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Mississippi State has started the season successfully, and now... It's very rare after a century of football when you play any first-time opponent, but here the dogs are, first-ever matchup with Arizona, and they're going to go out and do it in the desert. Going on the road, playing a major conference opponent, Mario, this is definitely a step up in competition. Yeah, well, uh, when you look at Memphis versus Arizona, they were able to rally late to beat San Diego State. You look at what they, how they were able to do it, and, and when they were able to do it. So you got to think that this Mississippi State team is looking at this 
uh, Pac-12 team, uh, a team that has had some success in recent years, a uh, much more talented team, uh, especially up front than the Memphis Tigers. Uh, there's a challenge ahead, but if you if you're Mississippi State, you got to feel confident about walking into this game with the way you performed last weekend against the Memphis Tigers. Yeah, I think the confidence is high watching them from uh, practice on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Of course, the Bulldogs were off on Monday, as they always are, not just for the holiday. That's their schedule. And, you know, the coaches we talked to, Mario, um, in a way, they got the best possible deal out of the first game. They had a game that for two and a half quarters, they played about as well as you can play with the one turnover exception there. And that's and that was as much on Jameer Calvin missing his route and Will throwing one of those quick pop passes. You don't even stop and wait for a guy to be there. Other than that, they played just about as well as you can. And then whether they let the foot off the gas, whether something just didn't start clicking, they started substituting. Memphis got a little life, put some points. That gave those assistant coaches something to say, hey, great game. Now, here's everything you did wrong. You embarrassed yourselves. Let's go start fixing this. So to my mind, it gave them the perfect opportunity to both pat them on the back and kick them in the butt going into a bigger game in week two. Yeah, well, the, the, the thing about a great team is they take the wins with humility, then they get ready for the next game. And you, you're right. You, it gave you something to say, okay, we started off hot. We got out to a 35-3 lead, and we scored two more times. They scored, they, we scored 14 more points. They scored, what, they were three. They scored 20 more points in the second half. So you got to look at it, what went wrong. How did it happen? Did we take our foot off the gas? Or did they just play better than us? Did we have a letdown? And so in that film room this week, if I'm a captain, if I'm, I'm Will Rogers, if I'm, I'm Jet Johnson, I'm, I'm OJ, I'm Emmanuel Forbes, I'm looking and say, how did this happen? What happened? I'm holding everyone accountable in the film room because to us, as to people as fans, they see it as a, a 49-23 victory. But as a team, you got to look at what went wrong and what can we not do going into this game against uh, an upstart Arizona Arizona Wildcat football team. You know, Arizona is hard to uh, scout for in a lot of ways because that's a team that coming into this year, I think their record was something like one in 16. Of course, last year under a new coach, two years ago, that discombobulated COVID schedule. They brought in a ton of transfers and they thoroughly whipped a San Diego State team, although, and I did not watch the game, but every report we've had is that San Diego State lost that team from last year essentially they lost their quarterback this time early in the game Arizona was able to make them totally one-dimensional so maybe you can't get a true read but the fact is the Wildcats are going to be better so is it a case again uh much like in opening week state didn't know some things about Memphis Uh, they knew some personnel but they didn't know the coordinators is it a case of you spend this week now practicing more on yourself as than you are the opponent or when you just don't know that much how do you approach it, especially a big, long road trip like this one? Well, what I, what I do know about Arizona, I got to watch a little bit of film on them. They are a good team, a solid team up front on both sides of the football. And I think that's the strength for this Mississippi State football team as well. Uh, you know, you have some, again, we mentioned last week, uh, you lose Charles Cross. But then you go back and you look at how the guys performed up front this past weekend. I think maybe one sack, uh, not a lot of pressure. I know from the center, from looking from the interior of the line, no one got through the middle to even put, to even remotely make, move Will Rogers from the spot. I think he was back there comfortably throwing the football. I think he, uh, he connected with a lot of receivers. So you got to love that in Mike Leach. 
and also uh, the defensive line. All right, they were able to get uh, penetration, get a push, and and basically stonewall Memphis for most of the night. So when you look at what Mississippi State was able to do up front and what Arizona was able to do up front, they were a big part of coming back against San Diego State. So if I'm if if I'm you, David, I I put my eggs in the basket, looking up front and seeing how do we stop those guys. And if you can, then Mississippi State has the advantage going into the weekend. I think that's true because uh, you know Mississippi State, their strength is the strength. The line of scrimmage is on both sides. A good play by the offensive line. And you pointed it out earlier, and I commented on it in my report card, no fault starts. And if ever a team is going to have trouble fault starts, it's usually going to be the, the first, first game. game of the season. But they didn't. And part of that's the leadership of a guy like Winston Sharp, who was a co-SEC lineman of the week. I know the SEC had to get an Alabama player in there somewhere, so they made him the co-player <laughs> also. Hey, my paranoia is showing. But uh, at the same time, you know, Dollar Bill Johnson out at left tackle played the way they know he can. They've been waiting for him to come through. You had your veterans play well. Cole Smith stepped in at right guard, did a great job, I thought. And you talk about no sacks of the Memphis quarterback, but Memphis, their game plan was just get the ball out of his hands quick and not let him take sacks. I think that kind of contributed to Memphis's lack of accuracy in the passing game as well. So this is a game where I think they're going to have to put more pressure on Arizona and force them to make mistakes, force them into things they're just not comfortable doing, especially in week two. Yeah, well, I, I get when you anytime you drop eight for a larger part of the game, you, you're probably not going to get pressure. You, you're looking to not give up the play downfield. But David, go back. We have a little fun here. Isn't Dollar Bill the most interesting offensive lineman name since Chop Womack at Mississippi State? <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting you bring that up. And uh, I would love – one of these days we'll get around to writing the story of how he made that. But I tell you what, if he plays the way he did an opening night for the rest of the season and the rest of his career, he's going to earn himself a few dollar bills in the process. But uh, the talent yeah. has been there for years. I think so much pressure was put on him as a true freshman when they tried to run him out on the field in Joe Moorhead's system, and he just wasn't ready. And it kind of set him back. But uh, now you see him coming to the fore. But his challenge has always been consistency, never talent. All right, as a guy who played for so long in college and pro, how much truth is there to the proverb about the most improvement happens from week one to week two? Is that true all the time, or is that dependent on the team? I, I think it's dependent on the team and the leadership council that you have. Again, coaches are going to be coaches. Mike Leach is going to be who he's going to be. Uh, Coach Arnett will call the defenses that he's going to call. As I mentioned earlier, it's the leaders. How many guys go back and say, let's watch film? Let's see what we did. A, a victory is always easy to relax, to say, hey, we're a great defensive team. Hey, we put up 547 yards of offense. We should be happy. But a true team that really wants to be contenders, that really want to win, that really want to compete in the SEC, you go beat the teams like Arizona and, 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 and a lesser Pac-12. You beat Memphis, right? You go back and you beat those teams. So to get better from week one to week two, you have to have the right leader. And we'll find out if Mississippi State had the right leader, depending on how they perform on Saturday night. All right, another thing I wanted to ask you, and this is a particular prize to your pro career because you spent a good bit of your time on the west side of the country and playing in Denver three seasons out there. Uh, what are your experiences playing in dry desert or mountain conditions and adjusting from a high humidity home base? Hydrate. 
You better get, you better, <laughs> man, you better hydrate. You better have, hey, listen, you better get your lotion because as soon as you get off that plane, from my experience, it's just so dry. I had, I felt like my skin on my back was peeling. Like, as soon as I got off, as you mentioned, I played in Denver. Uh, we, we went out to and played a Brigham Young team under Coach Sheriff out there in uh, Provo, Utah. And I did spend a lot of time out there. If I, any advice, it's uh, to hydrate and get your oxygen tank ready. Because once you get up in those <laughs> mountains, depending on the elevation, dude, you are going to need some breathing help. Trust <laughs> me on that. And that was the biggest adjustment. If these guys can go out there, I think Coach Leach and those guys should go out there, maybe be out there today, maybe. All right, go out there a couple of days early. Let those guys get adjusted to that. That thing is not easy to get adjusted to and within one or two hours or even 12 hours. You really have to get your mind right to play in that desert. Yeah, they're leaving at 2 o'clock on Friday, but uh, they'll have all day Friday because the game starts at 9 o'clock local time. And, and that's actually, I think, a benefit to Mississippi State because all that desert heat in early September, it dissipates pretty fast once the sun sets. So uh, that may not be a factor. And I'll tell you this too, uh, Mississippi State practiced in brutal heat here this past August. It was unusually warm the first couple of weeks of camp, but I think you're right. This may be a game that uh, at least partly is won by your training staff, your head trainer, the student assistants, making those guys drink even when they don't want to drink. And you mentioned the 2000 game at Brigham Young. I was on that trip, of course. And by the way, I walked up to that Y on the mountain there. Let me tell you, folks, it may look small on TV. That thing is 400 feet long, and it is way up there. And I learned that this altitude stuff is no joke. I, my biggest image from those, that game is two. First was DeCenzo Miller's run right before halftime, which is almost like a video game, what he did to Brigham Young's defense. But the second was watching Josh Morgan living off the oxygen tank between series. Oh, David, I thought you was going to talk about my sack fumble out there, man. You <laughs> left me out. Come on, man. Brother can't get no love on the, on the show. Nah, you were, da- you <laughs> were down there the right, the right end of the field, first half there. That was actually the momentum-turning play, I thought, because Brigham Young, they had some hope of beating an SEC team. And I think what you did there, then combined with what Zoe Miller did, it took all the wind out of their sails. Yeah, yeah, it did. Those were some big plays, man. And you mentioned Mississippi State getting to play late, baby. I get it, the heat, but won't they be sleepy by the time the game starts? And that's the trick. And that's where Mike Leach, with all his years and most of his staff who's with him, you know, they played out of the Pac-12 so long, and they played a lot of those Pac-12 after dark games. So he said your biggest challenge is not letting them nap too much during the day, but not making them do too much. He said you've got to stagger your meetings. You've got to keep them mentally involved, but not physically involved. And let them rest just enough because they'll be hitting the field at nine o'clock local time out there. Uh, they're not scheduled to fly back into Columbus until eight o'clock on Sunday morning. So it's going to be an overnight affair. They've got to uh, really adjust their internal clocks. Yeah, I know it's just one time zone, but uh, nine o'clock is nine o'clock. That's a late time to start a football game. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a brutal schedule. But, again, Coach Leach has uh, played in that time zone. He's played some, tons of games out there. We talked about leadership and preparation, and if that's what he's doing, he's giving his, chance, his team the best chance to succeed out there. I, uh, what is, I think they have a great shot. I think they'll pull it off, but it, it's going to take everything that we just talked about to win that football game. You know, Mississippi State came into the season, at least one outlet rated it having the second toughest schedule overall in the country. 
Well, now after Arizona, which I assume when they were ranking that schedule, they thought would be struggling has won a game. The schedule gets even tougher. So, but the end result there is I think if Mississippi state beats a one Oh Arizona team and they were getting poll votes this week, that should shove them back into the top 25 ahead of the showdown at LSU next week. Now, yes, if there's a dog out there, even dare breathe the letters LSU this week, he's going to get a cross look from his coaches and probably a slap upside the head from his teammates. But the fact is, this team now, after taking care of Memphis so convincingly for at least two and a half quarters, as I said, if they take down an Arizona team, tough road trip, tough conditions, and come back and bounce back, they may be on to something this year, Mario. Well, listen, again, as, as a football player, as a former guy, we never look ahead, so we won't even talk about LSU, as you mentioned. But we're going to focus on Arizona. If I'm in that locker room, I focus on Arizona. If I'm outside the stadium, if I'm a fan, I focus on Arizona. But the thing that starts to happen when you win a big game like they just did against the Memphis Tigers, you start looking ahead to matchups like LSU. You start looking ahead to what you could be doing in the SEC, which is one of the most important factors when you open up the season. So even sitting here and talking about these guys, I'm not going to even talk about LSU. We're going to focus on the Arizona Wildcat. We're going to get out there and get acclimated to the time zone. We're going to get out there and drink tons of Pedialyte, get tons of carbs in it, and just go out there and win the football game. And that's why we have a former player on here to tell you exactly what the score is as a team gets ready to play a big road trip. And so next week, hopefully we're talking about a 2-0 Bulldog team as they get ready to start LSU, the LSU game in the SEC season. Then we can talk about the Tigers, and I think we're going to have a lot to talk about based on their A lot of stuff to talk about. (laughs) And you definitely have some war stories from games with the Tigres down there. But for you fans out there, if you like what you've been hearing, give us a rating on Apple Podcast about the Doghouse here on the Believe Network. For Mario Hagan, this is David Murray talking Mississippi State football in the Doghouse on the Believe Network.